We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, okay, give me a sound check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, All right, ten. here we go. Three. <laughs> uh, is that what we're going to have today? Are we going to have the dog barking? <laughs> well, we might. Really? We haven't. We've been pretty good at home the last few days. Oh. I. So I think the problem is, is the, the neighbor... He put, you know, he put the cows out back in my backyard. Uh-huh. So I got about 150 cows in the backyard and the dogs enamored with barking at the cows. 150 cows in the backyard. Um, no different than the issues we have here. It's another world we're living in. Okay. Well, it's draft day and our listeners, I'm sure like I do, um, well, mo- uh, some of them do. I love dogs, and I'm sure I would love your dog, but they're not going to want the dog barking in the background for the show today. So, uh, No, I'm not going to want the dog barking in general during my life today. Why don't you respond so. to me the way you responded to me a few minutes ago when I said that? Why, why don't you let all, all of our listeners know what you said to me when I said Because now I'm losing the fight because the dog's barking. Yeah, well, more than that, you said, don't tell me what to do. I said, why don't you worry a little bit more about yourself? Right. And, and a little bit less about me. And because you said you had it handled. Well, you don't have it handled. The dog continues to bark. Watch, watch how I handle this. The dog can't bark like that. <laughs> Got to get him in. Kevin, get on the plane over here and deal. All right, we should be good now. Maddie, don't let him talk to you that way. <laughs> I was talking to the kids. Oh. So it's okay if I talk to my kids like that? Um. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to start the podcast? I just wanted to mention one thing to you. <laughs> what? How my my daughter decided we were going to name we have baby kittens. She decided we were going to name one of them Eileen. And I listened to that song again. Great song. But how do they get away with that song? What? Come on, Eileen. Kevin. <laughs> I mean, that's all the song is. Oh, it's about poor old Johnny Ray. Mm hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, I think th- they get away with it by saying it when they write the lyrics, ah, A-H, come on, Eileen. Yeah. Uh, My there- thoughts verge on dirty, 
in you know lyrics, what? it would say, ah, come on, Eileen. But my thoughts verge on dirty. I come on, Eileen. Oh, come on, dude. What is that? You can't, you can't pull that off. You can't pull it off. No, it can. It's kind of gross to try to pull it off. Um, what is that? Dexie's Runners? Dexie's Midnight Runners. Dexie's yeah. Midnight Runners. That was college for me. That song. Did you think about it in exactly that fashion in college? I don't. I, probably. I, I just. I just picture myself at at the VU. All of you Maryland people um, will know what the VU is, and it's you know it's pitch, it's two dollar pitcher night happy hour, um, where it's ladies' night, two dollar pitchers, and we're in there hammered, and we've got you know um, beer up to our ankles in the VU, and come on Eileen is you know blaring away. Along with you know, back on the chain gang and just all the you know mid '80s music, awesome. Um, can we get this podcast started, please? You don't want it, you don't need it, but you're gonna get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Cooley is on the show today. Tommy not on the show today. Uh, it is a football show only, although. Chris did tell me, I watched the Wizards game last night. I had Legler on the show today, planned to have Legler, Legler on the radio show, excuse me, um, to talk football. When We ended up talking more about the Wizards. The Wizards are good. People, I'm just going to leave it at that. The Wizards are good. They can't beat Brooklyn in a best of seven. They can definitely win this play-in tournament. Um, and they could maybe even get to number eight where they play in and get to number seven and give Philadelphia a run for their money in a best of seven. They're a good team right now. They're a highly entertaining team right now. That is for sure. I thought it was really cute when, when Scott Brooks said last night he was really excited that they moved the game to national television. I'm looking for the exact quote here because I have it here um, somewhere. Here it is. Um I love it. I'm glad the league allowed us to be on national TV and ESPN. Uh, you you just don't hear pro teams talk about being on national TV. That's like, you know, um, a, a, a mid-level college basketball team. They get to play it's like Kansas. A, it's like a low-level, a mid-level college basketball team in 97. And playing Kansas, and it's like, oh, they're going to put it on ESPN. We're so excited. I, but you know what? This team is excited right now, and they are playing great basketball. That's enough on that. Well, unless you had something you wanted to say about it. Since no, you nothing in particular. No, the okay. only thing I had to say was my son was watching it with me. I came up. He was. It was just on. He said, are you playing them? And what he meant was, is it like Xbox? Oh, he thought, <laughs> like no, he thought it was Xbox. Yeah. They are those, those are real people. They're really playing that game, right? And it took a minute for him to figure it out, but then he sat and watched it with me for about a half an hour, so it was fun. All right, here's what we're going to do. Um, we are going to first, first of all, just talk about a couple of the things that happened yesterday. The trade, uh, for one, um, with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I've got a list of ten things um, that I. Are, that are predictions, but I would call them educated guesses um, based on many conversations over the last 24 to 36 hours. Cooley's got thoughts on the draft. Um, I'm going to give you my, my my favorite running backs in this draft, which I uh, always do every year, and I only do it with Chris. Chris is going to give you his favorite players in this draft. Do you have any film breakdowns on anybody or not? 
No, you didn't ask me to do that. So, well, I did um, via email, but you didn't even respond to the email. Um, you and, know better than that. And then, and then we will we will do um, some predictions on what will happen tonight, what we th- want to happen, what we think will happen. Um, I wanted to just start off with this. You know, th- there's going to be a lot of news, and you guys are going to get this podcast, and there may be some big trades, and there's nothing we're going to be able to do about that if there's a big trade that happens. Yesterday, people made a big deal out of this Teddy Bridgewater to Denver trade. Um, first of all, the Panthers are going to pay $7 million of his $10 million. Um, you know, they, they lower their cap rate, uh, cap hit by like 3 million by trading, um, him to Denver for a sixth round pick. Um, this does not, in my opinion, Cooley mean that Denver is not going to take a quarterback because they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, but it does mean to me that if they draft a quarterback tonight, that Drew Locke will get traded. And this is something you suggested a couple of weeks ago, you would be interested in acquiring Drew Locke. Bridgewater went for a sixth. We guessed that Locke would be around a third. I still think that that would be roughly the price. Um, are you still interested in that? And do you agree with me that acquiring Bridgewater doesn't mean that Denver's out of the quarterback market? They acquired Bridgewater for a sixth. That's a nothing across the board. That doesn't change anything. Right. They don't have to pay very much for a quarterback. So, good for Teddy Bridgewater, though. I mean, just in general, played five games in New Orleans, made $33 million bucks. I know. Golly, what a great position to be in. Um, so, that, that trade doesn't mean anything to me. I, I, you know, I think Denver, I think Denver likes Lance, uh, and it could be that they only want Lance. And maybe it's Fields and Lance, but I don't think they're going to move around in the in the draft to go up. So it might be one of those deals where if Lance is sitting there, when they get there, they'll take him and then they'd move drew lock. And if not, then maybe they'll roll out drew lock and hope Teddy helps him out. But if they did take a quarterback, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in trading a third for, for lock. You know, it's funny when we did that, I had so many people say, you guys are insane. And I'm like, well, I'm not insane. Cooley's insane. I like Locke, though. I don't dislike him to the point where a lot of listeners do. But just for those that missed it, why do you still like Drew Locke so much? I think Drew Locke can make plays. And I think Drew Locke's got a little bit of baller in him. And I think it's been really raw. And the other thing with Drew Locke, Everybody's into this discussion that man, Drew Locke's been given two years. Drew Locke didn't play very much in his rookie season. Right. He played a couple games late, and he was banged up in a couple games in this last season. He's been excellent in maybe three or four, three or four games, and I mean excellent. And he's been really bad in at least that many games. And the in-between, I'm fine with dealing with But to me, that's a quarterback who's figuring things out and growing a little bit. But the really good's really good with Drew Locke. And I, I just think there's something there to him. So, and, and maybe it isn't a third, Kev. Maybe when all said and done and all these guys go through the draft, it ends up being something like a fourth. But I'd be interested even in that third range of, of having a discussion. Um, before that draft, what were what was the mindset of the organization when you had more 
relationships with people in the organization. Was there anybody in the organization that really liked Locke? I mean, we know that Dan took, you know, Dwayne, so it became a non-issue. you know issue. But were there people in the organization that liked Drew Locke in that draft? I don't remember. You don't? I, I, I really don't re- remember if anyone really liked Drew Locke. He, he was the guy I liked the most out yeah. of that draft. So and I don't after I don't Kyler, remember talking after Kyler Murray. You liked Murray more. Yes, I keep forgetting that Kyler Murray was the yeah. first quarterback taken in the draft. Yes, Kyler Murray was pretty outstanding when you watched him at Oklahoma. Right. Um. Okay. Uh. You know, it's just he's he's going to be available. There's no doubt in my mind if they draft a quarterback. If Denver drafts a quarterback tonight. Um, there was another story I wanted to mention, too, and that is that Detroit's been talking about moving up with Atlanta. There's a report that Detroit wants to move from 7 to 4. Now, I've asked you this before, I'm pretty sure, but I'll ask it again. I don't understand why Detroit isn't being you know, mocked a quarterback. I just I wouldn't believe in... In Jared Goff, I know Brad Holmes was the G, you know, is the new GM was in LA, and he was a part of the group that you know, drafted Jared Goff. But if Sean can't work with him, he's probably not my long term solution. And you're at number seven in a draft that, you know, by most accounts is loaded with quarterback potential. I can't believe that more people haven't mocked a quarterback to Detroit at seven. But I did hear that the trade up for them from seven to four would be for Jamar Chase. And I, by the way, think I love Devontae Smith. I think Chase is going to be an absolute monster as well. I just can't imagine that you trade from 7-4 to four and you take Chase with Kyle Pitts. I know they have Hawkinson. <laughs> I know they have Hawkinson. But can you imagine both of those guys on the field together? The two tight ends, you know, and what that does to a defense if they both can block and both can catch, etc., yeah, look what New England just did in free agency. Yeah. And look at the success they had over the past with two tight ends. Right. I I would be blown away if they moved up to four and took Chase. It wouldn't be a bad pick, and it's because they don't think they'll get him at seven. Right. But if, couldn't they trade up to five with Cincinnati? Uh, not if Cincinnati everybody thinks, wants Chase everybody, or Sewell. But everybody thinks Cincinnati wants the alignment. Well, I mean, reuniting Burrow, Burrow and Chase has been mocked a lot, too. Yeah. I can't believe Detroit, with all the needs they have, with it being pretty much rebuilding mode, would trade mm-hmm. up for a wide receiver. I would really be hard pressed to believe that if the if the quarterback you liked was there, maybe uh, the thing you said something though. If it doesn't work with Sean McVay, then I just don't see it working. Sean doesn't have patience. <laughs> Sean's an excellent coach. Yeah, but Sean's not a patient dude. Right. And for him to be patient for as long as he was, and granted, he had to be with Goff. He really didn't have another choice. I think. That was probably hard for him. I'll bet mid-second year he said, this isn't going to work, and wanted out, wanted to be done with that relationship. I'm done. This is over. So I think it could work. I think Goff probably needs less of the analytical mindset and the 
do you see this, 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 and just pat you on the back a little bit. Say, let's go play. Let's go play, buddy. You, you got this. I don't know if it'll work out for golf or not, but if it doesn't, you're sitting there with the one of the first three picks next year anyways. So maybe you don't need to trade up and get a quarterback. But right. trading up for Chase in this draft, the value that it's going to cost you to get to four, that's the thing. Like Atlanta will trade four, but Atlanta's not trading four unless it's a boat loan. Yeah, I agree. And especially, you know, um, a jump from seven to four is less expensive than, say, a New England jump from 15 to four or a Washington, you know, jump from 19 to four. Not that I think that would happen. Um, or a Denver jump from nine to four. Yeah, I mean, all of that is is true. I, I just I can't imagine trading up three spots to take a receiver when you're an organization that's really in the bottom rung and is in almost rebuilding mode. I mean, you know, I say that, and every year, for whatever reason, I look at Detroit's roster and I always think they're better than they are. Um, and I've thought that for several years. I don't know how many times I've picked them to be like this this surprise wild card team. Every year. <laughs> Every year. Um, Chargers but, in the <clears throat> AFC, Detroit in the NFC. Uh, but, you know, they have Hawkinson <laughs> and they've got DeAndre Swift, who I do think Hawkinson's is, not great. I know. You, don't, you, know, you didn't like him coming out. Um, no. Um, I, who the hell knows with Dan Campbell um, and – and and you know he's got Anthony Lynn as his offensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know. D- Detroit just seems like they've got a long way to go. I I want to pretty much get into our Washington draft uh, part of the show. Let's again. do that. Let's do that. But one, I had one more thought on okay. number four. Okay. As it as it applies at Atlanta, just because I think that's the most interesting pick of the draft. What San Francisco does, and then Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco happened to take Lance, that actually would surprise me, or Fields, that Atlanta would then take Mac Jones and trade Julio Jones. You think you, like, you, you I think you I think, think if, if, I think Atlanta loves Mac Jones. So I think if they were to take Mac Jones, they know they're in full rebuild. So they'll trade Julio. Right. We when when the story came out that they were interested in trading for Julio, I think I said to you the other day, if they trade Julio, they're going to draft a quarterback because they're in rebuild mode. They're not going to draft but, Julio's replacement. No, but they're not trading Julio if they don't draft a quarterback. Under I would I hope for the, if I was a Falcon fan, I wouldn't want that. If I'm a Falcon fan, I want to keep Julio and I want to draft Kyle Pitts. And I want to see what the hell we look like. And then I'd like to trade back into the early portion of the second round um, and get a running back because they de- desperately need a running back. You know, maybe uh, ETN's there at the, the beginning of the second he's, round. He's going to be in there in the second. If I'm a, if I'm really a Falcons fan thinking about this, I, I, look, I love Pitts too. Don't I understand. I, I think he's the best player I've seen in a long time. But you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst. You got players, right? You have no defense. If you're going to get like a couple of firsts, like this year's first, next year's first, this year's second, something else, this is a lot of capital. We'll acquire we have an extra three dudes that could start for you this year. I don't know if it's worth it or not. It'd be hard to not take. I think the interesting it's, part it, of this conversation is you believe that Atlanta likes Mac Jones. And, um, and maybe that's precisely why 
Kyle felt like he had to go to three. Right. That could be part of it. Yeah. Because Arthur Smith and Kyle probably are pretty familiar with each other. I think they're all familiar with each other. I don't think, you know, LaFleur coached for Kyle and then was the OC above Arthur Smith. But there's not a lot of Tennessee-San Francisco connections. Okay. Wouldn't that be? Uh, they're both head coaches, so they, they, they've definitely – I mean, Arthur Smith was in Washington before Kyle Shanahan. Just trying to think, like, not a lot of that Tennessee staff was part of the San Francisco staff. Matt LaFleur was kind of the transplant when he went to Tennessee as the OC, where Arthur was the tight ends coach. What would really be interesting, though, is if Kyle had a sense of what Atlanta liked, and that's when he said, we got to go all the way to three to get our guy. Uh, you know what? Before we get to the Washington stuff, let's just net it out right now. You've had, in the five quarterbacks, you've had two tiers. Lawrence and Zach Wilson, and you actually like Wilson more than Lawrence in tier one. And then your tier two, Jones, Lance, and um, and Fields. And you had Fields as sort of the fifth, at a, or the third in that group, fifth <laughs> overall. Um, a, is that still your order? Wilson, Lawrence... Uh, you know, uh, Jones, Lance, Fields, and then B, what? give me the final prediction on what the 49ers do at three. That You've netted out my top five in the order that I see them, and the 49ers take Mac Jones at three. I agree. I, I agree with the, the last. I don't like I – I think I have a different order on the quarterbacks because I have Fields higher. Um, but, but I'm actually not so convinced – I, there's enough doubt that they would take Lance. I don't think they take Phil. Right. Um, okay. And then it, that would be interesting if they took Lance and then Atlanta took Jones. because. And I had Sam Monson from PFF on the other day, and he said Mac Jones isn't going to slide that far. There's no way he would slide uh, past Denver at nine. Now, there's, you know, he th- he thinks this. Sl- the, everybody seems to believe for some reason it's Fields that would be the one that would drop. I don't get that, but I believe you know some of the stuff. All right, I want to get to to Washington and our focus on them exclusively. We will start that right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have a list of 10 
draft, Washington football draft predictions, thoughts, comments. Um, I'm going to go through them one by one, and you can comment on them as I go through them. I would I would describe them as, in some cases, very educated guesses, and in other cases, just more or less connecting the dots. All right, here we go. Number one, I think if Washington trades up and selects a quarterback in this draft, it's Justin Fields. And I think that they are interested in Justin Fields. I think they like Justin Fields. Um, and I and therefore, I think it's possible that they make a move for Fields if Fields starts to fall. And when I say starts to fall, I think, you know, if they if it gets to eight with Carolina, wouldn't surprise me if they have had a conversation with Carolina about what it would take to move from 19 to eight to get him. Um, I, the, the problem of course, with Washington is 10, 11 and 12 aren't going to deal with them. Dallas, the giants and the Eagles are not going to deal with fields. So if fields were to fall past Detroit at seven, past Carolina at eight, and even past Denver at nine, then they they, they have to hope that he's there at 13 and you can deal with the chargers. Um, or, but really you have to deal sooner than that because the Patriots or somebody else would be able to deal with the Cowboys or with the Giants or with the Eagles. But my first overall prediction, I'm not predicting that they will trade up. What I'm saying is if they do trade up, it's for Justin Fields. It's not for Trey Lance, which is my second prediction. I don't think they're going to draft Lance under any circumstance unless he were to fall to 19. Um, by the way, you know, uh, Kime suggested to me this morning that he also, I think, has heard the same thing, that Fields is definitely the quarterback they're interested in um, in this draft. Um, but he said... He thinks some people in the organization think that Fields could fall all the way to 19. I, I don't see that happening. But we've seen strange things on draft night with quarterbacks or you know big-name players starting to fall. Wouldn't blow me away. I know it wouldn't blow you away. You said, It wouldn't blow me away if he, if he ended up falling all the way to 19. You, you basically it, said once, that a couple weeks ago. Past, once he gets past 8, 9, um, okay, we got... So you're 10, 11, 12, you said, Dallas, Philly Giants. Then you got Chargers, Vikings, 15 Patriots, who McShay has Mac Jones falling to mock to the Patriots right now. This, it ain't going to happen. Right. I just don't see him falling that far. Cardinals. Like, here's the other thing. Like, Who's to say the Raiders wouldn't take fields if he fell all the way to 17? Right. He'd go to Oakland and then Miami. I don't know if he falls all the way there. And the other, the other thought is, you know, if he were to fall to – if he's sitting at the Cardinals draft and Fields is still on the board, the Bears are making a move to trade up to 17 with the Raiders. Yeah. I think the Bears, obviously, behind Washington, the Bears – The Steelers could the potentially Ste- be – And the Steelers. Yep. Definitely. Hell, I mean, if you really want to go further down in the first round, the Saints – might be interested in that. The, the the certainly the Buccaneers could be interested in that, but no, no doubt. So if he's if he falls past New England, you better start. You better call Arizona. I think if he, if, I, if I think if he, that's falls, the guy you want. I think if he falls past Carolina, you know, if past Detroit, if you're Washington, you've got to deal with Carolina or Denver. 
because the 10, 11, 12 spots then become spots where other teams could trade up and then you're done. If you wait for it to get to 13, it may be too late. But then again, they may have a sense that nobody's willing to trade up that high for fields. They're willing right. to trade up to 13 or 14 or 15, um, but you know, not higher. And then maybe Washington's just in a competition. But anyway, that's those are my first two sort of predictions or thoughts. If there's a trade-up for Washington in this draft into the you know top 10 area, it's for Fields. Um, number two is it's not for Lance. Number three, if they don't trade up and draft Fields, I personally do not think they're going to take a quarterback in the first three rounds of this draft. By the way, if I'm wrong about that, that you know they pick at 19, they don't draft Fields, and they end up taking a quarterback in round two or three, I would put money on Trask, not on Mills, not on Mond, not on anybody else, on Trask. But I don't think they're going to take a quarterback um, in rounds two or three if they don't get Fields in round one. And the reason I feel this this way, Cooley, is I just think they believe in Kyle Allen and they are believers to a certain degree in Taylor Heineke. And they look at those two guys who are basically super cheap and I know Kyle Allen's only under contract for one more year, but they just don't think the guys that are there in rounds two or three are any better than the guys they have backing up Fitzpatrick now. And I just don't see a quarterback after the first round. Could they take somebody rounds four through seven, developmental practice squad guy next year? Yeah, I'm not going to discount that. But if you take a guy in round two or three, that guy's not a practice squad guy next year, which means you've got to let Allen loose more likely than not, maybe Heineke. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't see that happening. The only guy I could see it happening for is Davis Mills, and it's just because there's so much unknown with David Mills or Davis Mills. I I think if – if you took all three and said, take one based on everything they've done, where they're at and what you see, I, I still think it'd probably be Trask one, but I'm not taking Trask before the fourth. If you said take raw potential quarterback play, got some stuff to him, it's Davis Mills. Okay. And I don't think I would take him in the third. I'm not taking a flyer quarterback in the third, maybe the fourth. All right, number four on my top ten list. At 19, I'm pretty sure that the preference um, in – not necessarily in this order, but it's offensive line, linebacker, and even corner, safety. and even corner or safety. Um, if they move back a little bit, I think wide receiver and safety become more of a possibility. I think Morig from TCU is a possibility. I just don't think at 19, and I don't think that they will draft a wide receiver at 19, which means I don't think they're going to draft Rashad Bateman. Um, I think that they would love Elijah Moore, but 19's too high for Moore. Um, Number five, as far as the offensive line at 19 goes, so this is where um, I learned a lot about a couple of these guys from various people. First of all, let's just assume that Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater are gone. Um, Dara saw, assuming that the medical is good, and there was a story about a groin injury and a surgery earlier this year that was sort of quietly done on a core muscle. He has been cleared by all teams. Um, so I think he is a possibility at 19, but I think a better possibility if he's there at 19, which I don't think he will be. Elijah Vera Tucker 
is a guy they would take at 19 if he fell to them at 19. Vera Tucker, I've been told, is a guy that several teams, including Washington, think is much more capable of playing tackle than just being penciled in as a guard. First of all, he played tackle and guard at USC. The reason a lot of the draft experts have said he's a guard at this level is his arms measured 32 inches, short arms for a tackle. That's hard. An inch to an inch and a half short of what most tackles. In fact, Darisaw, it's two and a half inches shorter than Darisaw's arm length. That's significant. However, Mm -hmm. uh, the draft experts have have sort of penciled him in, in at guard because of the short arms. But several teams apparently think he is a tackle because they they say there isn't a better offensive lineman in this draft including Slater and Sewell that moves better has better balance better technique um and they think more they he's got so much more of all the other that it will more than cover up for shorter arms Teams. Well, Scott McLuhan certainly believes that. Well, he believed that about Sheriff. He <laughs> did believe that about Sheriff. That's true. And Gruden said it was day one where they realized he was a guard. Gruden told me that, you know, when, when he came on the podcast. Isn't that amazing, though? Realistically, no worse than top four guard in the league can't play tackle, and we know that in one day. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, Vera Tucker, you know, look, first of all, we've already learned from Rivera and Turner and Matsko, everybody on that staff, they love versatility. So, um, personally, I think Vera Tucker is very coveted by by several teams, including teams that need linemen before Washington, like Minnesota, as an example. And And, the Chargers. And the Chargers. And so, and I think, I think teams are are more than the draft experts think that Vera Tucker has a chance to play tackle. And by the way, they look at him and they say, okay, if we learn that he can't, he's still going to be a phenomenal guard. So there's no risk in drafting him. They all think he is a baller. I think if he's there at 19, I think he's the pick if Washington hasn't made a move. Um, I do not know. I, I think the teams really like Darisaw, but I think they like Vera Tucker more. Now, Darisaw definitely is a tackle. He's a monster. Um I have no idea what they think of the kid Jenkins from Oklahoma State who's apparently next in line. I do believe that they think if they don't get the lineman at 19 that there are guys like Leatherwood from Alabama and Cosme from Texas. Um, not so much the guy from Stanford, Walker, Walker Little, because of the injuries, but that there's going to be another opportunity to get that left tackle. I also believe that they still think Sadiq Charles could be the answer, or Lucas could be the answer if they aren't able to fill that need. But I think at 19, if Elijah Vera Tucker is there, I think he's the pick. Other possibilities at 19 are certainly Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, who is an inside linebacker, or he's a, you know, he, he, he's he can a, rush off the edge. He can rush off the edge. He can be a slot corner. He can be a safety. Like, there's so much discussion about what he is, but I know they like him. I also think they like Greg Newsom, the corner from Northwestern, who is coached very well by Fitzgerald and totally fits the profile they love, which are longer-armed, quick, 
competitive corners. Um, he runs well, too. It's not like I'm just saying that he's got long arms and that makes up for for poor speed. He can run. But Newsom, I think, is going to be the third corner after Sertan and um, after Horn. And I, it would if if the if Owoso Koromo is gone, if the linemen are gone, um, if they don't want to take Morig to safety and can't trade back and they're forced to take him at 19, it wouldn't surprise me if Newsom or if Jamin Davis from Kentucky – are possibilities. I think they like Parsons, but I don't know what the I don't know where whether or not the the off the field stuff is a concern to them or not. I, I did not know that. I know they like the player a lot, and we'll see what happens to Parsons. That could be um, very interesting. I've kind of been told he cleared up a lot of the off field stuff. Um, they're claiming he has, but you know it's it's a maturity thing ultimately, right? You know, and this team's not. This team is not. And, and actually, that leads me to my my next one, which is number seven. If they pick a wide receiver in this draft early or late, it's not going to be Kadarius Tony. I love Tony's talent. I love. I loved watching him play at Florida. Um, but I'll leave it at this. This organization, their philosophy is deeper and safer um, on player acquisition. They're not drafting Kadarius Tony. Doesn't mean other teams are, are going to shy away from Kadarius Tony, um, but you know Dan Mullen is a phenomenal offensive mind. You were talking about that the other day, and I had a couple people call me and say, "God, Cooley's so right. Mullen is so brilliant offensively. He also runs a very loose ship in Gainesville." Um, number. Well, you know what you do. You know what Tony did. I don't know. Did, did he do something? I don't know that. At all, he, he wasn't necessarily arrested. I looked this up. He got pulled over because he had, and he had like an AK in the car, and there was a fight between seven or eight Florida players and seven or eight dudes in Gainesville, and it went on for a while. Oh, and Tony got pulled over and said, "I'm worried for my life from with these dudes," but he's also carrying an AK, and so there was a lot of that. Like sketchy, what did you get yourself into here? It wasn't, you know, it, I think it had probably initiated from a night at a club where dudes are standing up for their, their boys, right? And then it just escalated. I, yeah, but I you're don't saying know if it's he, the worst you're saying he had, an, he had an AK 47 in his vehicle legally <laughs> or, or some kind of assault weapon or something in this vehicle. You, you can look it up, but. I don't – it was never like an arrest charge. Okay. I didn't know that. I was just told that that's – the, That's the negative. Okay. He was back and forth on the turf war deal or a deal with some dudes in Gainesville and then some of the players got into some beef. And look, one, one thing I think we should all use as a guideline – I've been saying this for a while – is they're not drafting guys or acquiring guys – that are hot, that in their own mind have some risk character wise to them. Um, so anyway, well, you just answered maybe that you you answered the question, but maybe it's just a lot more. Um, maybe it's a, just a maturity thing. Who knows? Bottom line is, uh, this team's not taking Kadarius Tony, who by the way just looks to me and watching him like he's could be a freakish player talent. At, at oh, I think level. I think he looks amazing. But this team also probably doesn't need to be taking a wide receiver. Um, 
if they were to take a wide receiver, and I do think a wide receiver is in play if they were to trade back, and I certainly think a wide receiver is in play in this draft. I don't think it'll be Rashad Bateman, A, because he's not going to be there. Um, but one of the things, and this is where I think you'll have a, a sense of this, they want guys that are hands catchers. They want quicker guys, make defender missability, excellent off the line of scrimmage, um, great ball trackers, uh, versatile guys can play inside, can play outside, can be in the fly sweep game, like Samuel, like, you know, look, like they had plans for Steven Sims Jr. to be, but he just wasn't good enough and couldn't hold on to the ball. And so the guys that fit those descriptions – if you start looking through all of the receivers, first of all, Elijah Moore would fit that description more than anybody else. They're not going to get Elijah Moore. He's going very – he's probably the fourth receiver after the top three um, unless it's unless it's Bateman. Um, and, and more, more by the way, the, you know, the more tape you just watch, the, 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 he's sensational. Rondell Moore from Purdue would be a possibility. The medical has to be fine. He is Cooley. If he's healthy, this dude's a baller and just can do everything on the football field. I think guys that they would be looking at, including both Moores, although Elijah's not really a chance um, at 19, you know, if they don't take him at 19, which I don't think they'll do. Um, think in terms of guys like Tutu Atwell from Louisville, small, shifty, hands I like, I like Tutu Atwell. Yeah, tracks it so well. And then this kid that Stanford Steve told me about on the podcast yesterday, Dwayne Eskridge, D. Eskridge, they call him from Western Michigan. 439, he's lethal as a returner. They need a returner, and he's another one of these guys. He's a, he's definitely a slot guy, but he's a fly sweep guy. He's a slot guy. You can line him up line him up almost anywhere, and he is a major plate maker and one of the best returners in the country. Um, the uh, so that's that that's sort of thought number eight. I think they will take a receiver somewhere along the line. Obviously, if like Devontae Smith fell to him at 19 or if Waddle fell to him at 19, they would obviously take one of those two players unless the You know Kuyper has Elijah Moore mocked to the Bears at 20. Um, I've seen and, Elijah Moore anywhere from 15 to, to, to 20. My point is I don't think Washington will take a wide receiver at 19. I think they're looking at this draft saying we can get receivers that, that are similar to to Moore and to um, Rondell Moore and some of the others, we can get those guys in the second or third round. I would agree with that. Um, the um, That was the eighth uh, thing. Number nine is, I just wanted to remind everybody, this team doesn't have a long snapper. Do you, Cooley, do you draft a long snapper? No. No. What do you do? You just sign one in free agency, even if it's a college kid. They haven't done that yet. Well, the draft hasn't happened yet. Okay. Um, Then the last point is this, and this is where I come back to Eskridge, the kid from Western Michigan, who is projected, you know, third through fifth. If he's there, somebody like him would make a lot of sense because they also, they need a punt returner on this team. They need a dynamic return guy. And they haven't had it for a while. It's not going to be Isaiah Wright or 
you know, it's not going to be Steven Sims Jr. Um, they need a dynamic return. They got to get something out of special teams. They got to they got to make be able to make plays on teams in the in these games. And so that kid, you watch his again. I'm not watching film. I understand that. You watch the highlight reel. My God, is he a, a returner? And he he's a kickoff returner too. Um, but I, I would think that they are going to try to add a player at some point in this draft that obviously is a position player, but maybe they're thinking also returner. They better. Or they got to go trade for Antoine Randall-Ale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, how, there's really never been a returner in Washington. Well, of course there has been. They had a history Banks. of the greatest ever. No, no, sorry. Excuse me. In the last 25 years, or 20 years, in the last 20 years? Uh, say since Banks, was two, the, two. Banks was the only one. Yes. You played Correct. with him. He, yeah, Banks was pretty sweet. He really was. He was, every <laughs> single time he touched it, there was a chance he was taking it the, the distance. I mean, he was really a good returner. <clears throat> um, You know what? You know who was a good returner? Santana Moss was a pretty good returner. Santana was okay. You know, was actually okay. Trey Quinn wasn't bad. And it wasn't like he was going to get you a bunch of yards every time, but he never lost yardage. He always made the right move. Right. He just was only going to return it for seven yards. Who was the guy that had the big punt return in overtime, RG3 year 2012 against the Ravens to set up the game? Oh, my gosh. We were like 22. He was from uh, SMU. Um, I I should think of it. I can't remember, though. I'm gonna look it up here because it's gonna. I don't know, here. but he had one big punt return. What's number? What's is? It was that number ten for the returner. Um, Richard Crawford. Richard Crawford. Yeah. Uh, Banks was hurt, I guess, and wasn't on the field for that game because he was still the returner in twelve, in twenty twelve. But Richard Crawford yeah. had that big punt return, and also, did Aldrick Robinson return kicks? I think he did too. I don't know. Remember when? No, uh, he didn't. He didn't because the other receiver they signed in free agency, Josh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, Josh returned kicks and was terrible. He hate, remember that was when I first started doing the film breakdown. It's like this guy does not jo- want to get jo- hit. Josh Morgan, right? Yeah, Josh Morgan. Yeah, Josh Morgan. He didn't want to get hit. <laughs> you said that about somebody else too as a returner, but maybe I'm thinking or maybe Josh that. Morgan didn't want to block anybody. I don't know what it was. All right, here's my one thing before my list of three things. Okay. Here's here's one of three. They're going to be okay this year, which means they're probably going to win eight or nine games. Even if Fitzpatrick were to not be the guy, Heineke or Allen will come in and play and be good enough with the defense where it is, which means they're not drafting a quarterback next year without having to make some massive trade. It's also another year that you don't have a quarterback in your system. Go trade up and get the quarterback. I think that's why go, they're thinking about it. Don't. It, this isn't. You got time if you go get him. You, I, you could believe in Allen wholeheartedly. It's just he's probably not going to be an elite quarterback. Right. You can believe in Fitzpatrick. It's just that he's going to give you a, a year. If you get somewhere around, I don't know, eight, nine and there are two guys, and you like them both, then I'm fine if they wait until you get to 13 or 14. But you got to go get your guy. This is the year to go get the guy. 
you're good enough on your team. You're good enough talent-wise right now to be a playoff team. That means you can trade the capital for next year. Like you, you have this team has enough talent. There are holes that need to be filled, no doubt about it. I, they need a safety. They need a linebacker. They definitely, they probably need two linebackers. They need a corner. They need a left tackle. Those are all, those are big time positions. They pale in comparison to the quarterback need for the future. And you are good enough to win games. You don't have to rebuild. So don't worry about rebuilding over the next years. Trade away the capital. Give away next year's first. You're saying it's going to be 20th to 25th overall if you believe in yourself. And go up and get a guy. That's it. I, I mean, I think that of all the guys that I think are like the two tier, Fields, Lance, Mac Jones is going early. But if Fields or Lance are sitting somewhere in there, like at eight, start trying to make moves. Yeah, but you wouldn't be thrilled if it was Fields. Yeah, I would be happy. If it, I'd be fine if it were Fields. Well, I mean, you think that... Why, why do you think I... See, this is why I don't like making lists of who I think is the best. <laughs> no, I'm not, here, I'm not here, misrepresenting your position. Let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. If Lance and Fields are available and they took Fields, I would have taken Lance. Right. But if only Fields is available, he's still going to be a good quarterback and has a boatload of talent. This isn't Dwayne Haskins. Like, I was not happy that they took Dwayne Haskins in the first round at all, in general. Right. But if they take Fields, I still think Fields is a good player. I just think he's, in my opinion, the fifth out of the five, and they're all, they all should be good. The crazy thing is, is at least two of these guys aren't going to be good. You've made it. You've if made history it, plays itself out, you've made it very clear that Fields is not Haskins in your mind. That Fields is a much better prospect than Haskins. You've also made it clear that there are a lot of things about Fields that concern you, and that he's not ready, and that there's you know development, uh, developmental time, and that you said while you expect him to be drafted in the first round, your personal grade would have been more of a second round grade, even though you, if you, you know, with a second round grade, you know that you probably have to take him in the first round. If all the other guys are gone, you clearly have him fifth out of the yep. top five, but you yep. also clearly have him well ahead of whoever's sixth. So I, I, I I'm not, I'm, yep. I, I don't think I misrepresented your position on him. So you don't have to hate the 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 way that it's sometimes you've gotten portrayed by callers and people on Twitter in the past. I don't um, even look. I haven't even looked at it. I, so think, I, I really don't care. I, I'm just I saying know. to you, you keep saying you just don't like Fields, which is not true. Okay, fair enough. Because That's you fair. you did you and I did that with Dwayne, and that you, you said the same thing. It wasn't that I don't like him. I just don't like him where they're taking him. Well, well it's I, not that I don't I didn't like Fields. I didn't I really even. Him. I didn't just. I didn't want. The, the, I didn't want them to take him. Period. You either. you didn't either, so we can we can sit here and say we were okay if they took him in the second round. But the bottom line is neither one of us when when we watched him and you especially after breaking down the film, you didn't think that he was going to be. You, you thought he had significant bust potential. I don't know that I thought he had bust potential. And certainly after the first year, look, I changed my mind. I wanted to see more. I saw a guy with a quick release. I saw a guy with, that was decisive that could really make every throw. 
I just didn't know that he was reading it backwards in terms of you know the <laughs> I did. I know you did. Um, and and I cer- and we certainly didn't know about the work ethic thing, which was a massive thing. Now, if I, I think you're right, and I think this is why I, I've sort of learned that they are. And, and Kime backed me up this morning. He said they definitely are th- thinking about a move, and he he agrees with me based on what he's heard too. That it's Fields that they're interested in. I think the issue here is you're not getting Fields at 13. You might. But if you really are going to make that move now for the quarterback of the future because next year you don't think you're going to have a chance, and by the way, on paper right now, a much lesser quarterback class, and you think they could win eight or nine games, and remember, it's a 17-game schedule, so eight would be eight and nine, not a playoff yeah, game. Sorry. sorry. Um, but, I, let's weigh into account it's a 17-game right. schedule. They could, I think they're a nine-win team. Okay, so nine wins, playoffs, maybe, maybe not. Bottom line is, you know, in in that eight in that same range in that you know in 18 to, to 21 range probably picking and they will have less I, I'm with you if they really love somebody and they think they they can get their their franchise quarterback I want them to do it I want them to go for it now on the developmental thing here's the bottom line it just doesn't matter what we think and yes Ryan Fitzpatrick is there there but Ryan Fitzpatrick was in Miami last year. And Miami made a mistake by playing Tua. The bottom line is 95% of the time, quarterbacks that are taken in the top half of the first round start their first game by week five. And so if Justin Fields, if you trade up and you take Justin Fields at number eight in Carolina's spot, and Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the season, and they're two and four because they started, they've got a brutal schedule, as we know. Then he's playing. Then he's playing. And the only way you keep him on the bench is to do what Alex Smith did to Mahomes, and that is to basically start off five and zero, which is what happened with Kansas City. Uh, you don't keep him on the bench at four and two. <laughs> at four and two, yeah, yeah, you I can get... keep him on the bench. He, well, yes, yes here's you can. The, especially if Patrick's killing. Let me, put, let, killing let me it. make let me put it to you. This is the best way to sum up the way I feel about Fields. Any of the other four quarterbacks is that they'll probably start week one. Even for Washington, there's a good chance. Maybe not Lance if he's not ready, but the rest of them are starting week one. God, Fields me, is the guy that I'd be fine sitting for a year, but Fields needs a year. Fields me, needs a year. Lance good is for the him. guy. Lance would be the guy that's got to sit. You don't. You haven't, you haven't watched enough Lance. I, Lance is a of, dude. Of course I haven't. Nobody has, except people like you that had access to the film. I mean, he was playing teams with penguins in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> He's not I, he, backwards. And he had a lot of talent on the team. He, Lance is Lance is a dude. I'm not saying Fields can't be. I just I see enough in Lance, enough know, greats in Lance. I'm you. like this guy. I want that guy on my team. Okay. Like if I was if I was San Francisco, I I I, can't, I can't think I'm getting caught up in think, just knowing San Francisco is taking Mac Jones, put him at three. I, I still I like Lance. The more I watch Lance, the more I like. All right, um, you have uh, some more uh, on the draft, yeah, and and then we will get to what we want them to do and what we think they will do to finish up the show. We'll do that right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, so at 19, uh, there's going to be somebody there. I, I, I just I think like Morig will be there or Parsons will be there. I don't think that uh, Vera Tucker will be, but there's a potential. The linebacker from Notre Dame will be there. There's going to be somebody there in my, I would bet you 90% that fits their highest on the board plus position of need. Okay. So if they don't go up and get a quarterback, can't get it done, they sh- they should get a guy that they want at 19. I think this draft is somebody's going to fall. If not, two guys are going to fall. You're just going to see guys slip here. I, ju- I just I I think that guys are going to slip. I don't I just don't see them trading back in this draft. I don't think it would be the worst case scenario. Like let's just say the 18, the Dolphins take the linebacker from Notre Dame, and that's the last guy off the board. Like the the Raiders have taken Morig, and somebody else has taken Vera Tucker, and you're like, I don't know, maybe maybe Darisaw went at 15 to somebody. Then then maybe you could trade back. Like I I would trade back if the next best player on the board was a receiver, and that was Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore, but I just don't see the need to take a receiver right now. And I think you trade back, and you could probably get a guy like Greg Newsom at 24-25. By the way, Kuyper just mocked in his final mock uh, Trayvon Morig, the safety from TCU to Washington at 19. Yeah, Trayvon Morig, should, I think he'll be there. I think it's really interesting, the idea and the prospect of lose, moving Landon Collins more into the middle of the field. Yep. I don't know if – I know he won't want to. I don't know if they would do it as a full-time – role he's going to play every snap on defense but i i think it would probably be more of a nickel and dime situation versus a base situation base you let him play safety in the box and you do some of the stuff they're doing with three and he's very rarely over the top and on occasion he plays quarters on occasion he plays man but for the most part he plays box safety at eight yards that's what i would do 
with Landon Collins. I think that's what they'll do. They, they're pretty smart on defense. But if you could move him into the box when they go 11 personnel and play him at linebacker, then that fills one of your needs at linebacker. I think he would be fine there. There's an adjustment that guys have to make to offensive linemen, but he's got enough quicks and enough elusiveness to evade. And I think he'd be fine in that situation. He's also really aggressive. I I don't I haven't been as down on Landon Collins as a lot of the fans. He's aggressive been. in the run game. Yes, very aggressive. He missed a and, ton of tackles last year, though. Yeah, but uh, see, I think he's a decent tack- tackler. He is a decent tackler who missed a ton of tackles last year. Well, that's not a decent tackler. It's like a, a good golfer who all of a sudden can't hit a driving bounce. <laughs> well, we've, we've all been. <laughs> I know that. I'm a good golfer. But I'm taking four drops every every time I play. Right. So I'm shooting eighty. Okay. What else? So, what what other thoughts do you have? I guess that kind of summed it up into two thoughts. Okay. It, it, oh, because my other thoughts just not first round. I'll be very interested as it progresses, and I'm not going to talk to you before we get any further at how good this new group is at evaluating second, third, and fourth round talent. That's what Kyle Smith did an amazing job of. He's got a ton of guys on this team over the last three years, or especially two where he was fully in charge, where they got big time picks in the second, third, and fourth round. And a lot of this stuff we're talking about with need, like safety, linebacker, corner, you find guys in the second round every year that become starters. If they're good, they have those guys. Well, the second round has been, you know, sort of their issue in recent years with, you know, uh, Darius Geis and and Sua Cravens. I'm not saying that that was on Kyle Smith at all, um, but the you know, look, the last last year they got themselves maybe one of the top three defensive players in the league for the next ten years. They got a running back that looks really good in the third round. Um, you know, they've got this guy, Cam Curl, who came out of nowhere and, look, and looks like a starter. Khalid Hudson was phenomenal on special teams, can really run. Um, and we don't know anything, you know, right now on Sadiq Charles because he played two, two plays and got hurt. Um, the year before that, to trade back in, thankfully, because they wanted to do it after the owner, you know, screwed up the, the first pick with Haskins. They got the guy they wanted, or certainly one of them. We both know that they wanted Darnell Savage probably at 15, potentially. But they they also loved Sweat, and Sweat's, you know, last year really started to prove them right on that. And they absolutely got a home run in Terry McLaurin, and maybe even in Cole Holcomb. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested too. They've got a lot of people. You know, this is a much deeper staff and executive uh, group than we've ever had before. They have all these former general managers, Mayhew, Herney, Polian. You know, they've got, you know, Gribble, who's doing the, the college scouting. Stokes, who looks like a, a future GM, according to people, you know, out there. Um, and then Rivera is the final say, bottom line. And Turner will have input. And Del Rio will have input, I think. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. See how it goes. They got, you know, they've got a lot of picks. They got the two third round picks, which you know might help them get up and uh, in, into a spot in in the first round for a quarterback. Before before I we get to what do we want, and what do we think, which will be our final you know takes on this show. Give me something crazy that happens with them, because I think they're too. When I say crazy, people will construe it as crazy, but it wouldn't like totally floor me. And I'll give you the first one. The first one would be if they move up 
to take a non-quarterback like Devontae Smith or if they are totally comfortable with Parsons, Micah Parsons. You know, somebody like that. That would not floor me at all. The other thing that wouldn't floor me at all is if they had an opportunity to trade back and they ended up, yes, trading back and taking a running back in this draft. Like, I don't think it'll happen, but I think somebody is going to surprise the draft board tonight and take Najee Harris before he gets to Pittsburgh or before he gets to, you know, Miami. Um, Miami's second pick is 18. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Miami takes a, a running back right there. I know, I know what everybody thinks about running backs in the first round. Think all you want. Najee Harris is an absolute game changer. He's a massive impact player, I think. Give me something crazy. If you – okay, here, they take Najee Harris at 19. That – well, yeah. I'm, that would I'm be something crazy. It. But if if Parsons is off the board, Darisaw's off the board, uh, the safety from TCU, Ver- Trevin Moore is Ver- off the board. Ver- Tucker in a Wusso court. Ver- Tucker is going to... to be off the board. Yes, he is. And they just say, we'll just take Najee Harris. Here's the other thing. If those guys are off the board, trading back is not going to hold the value that you really want it to hold. Like, it, like one or two of these guys probably still need to be on the board. Yeah, at least uh, no, you no, know, I, at least like if or a quarterback if, does. If next best players on the board, Elijah Moore. Then you might get a little bit, or a quarter, someone that wants to, or a quarterback like a Lance. But if Fields is there, they're taking him. Uh, and the other crazy thing I, I think would be crazy is to trade up to eight to get fields. That's one that you better be right. Yeah, but that's the way they're all the way up. That's the way they're gonna get him. You better be right. Well you just said you want them to go for it. Well if they're gonna go for it, that's gonna be the way they go for it. You know, they're they're they're, it's not gonna be thirteen with the Chargers or fourteen with the Vikings. I just don't see it happening. I think other teams are going to move up before then to take him. I I could be wrong, and look, there are people that have mocked him. Chris Sims mocked him 32nd to Tampa Bay. Chris Sims had Fields dropping to 32nd. He hates so, Fields, doesn't he? So, uh, you know, I mean, there's obviously, you know. He's not going 32nd. I wanted to mention real quickly before we get to our final predictions. Um, number one, I uh, want to thank my bookie at mybookie.ag for being – um, a sponsor of this podcast and will be a continuing uh, sponsor of this podcast. Um, go to mybookie.ag, uh, use my promo code KevinDC, and they will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. And if you want to have some fun, there are some phenomenal uh, draft prop bets for tonight. In fact, I, I was just looking at this earlier on my bookie, and I just want to check it real quickly because the odds have changed for Washington's first round pick. Um, offensive line was the the favorite, the big favorite. Now it's linebacker because I think a lot of people think Ouso Koromo is going to be the pick. Um, hold on, uh, the draft prop bets. Um, yeah, right now linebacker is the favorite for Washington for their first player picked. Uh, offensive line is second, and then wide receiver and safety. So, 
Um, so I wanted to mention them. My bookie, mybookie.ag. So many prop bets uh, tonight. By the way, Mac Jones is still the heavy favorite to be the third uh, player picked in this draft. Um, right now, Jones is minus 275, followed by Fields and Lance tied at plus 200. And then they've got you know, Pitts at plus 3,500. Um, uh, there's some thought that, that uh, Kyle traded up for Pitts. I don't believe that. Um, Stanford Steve threw it out yesterday as a possibility. Uh, he just said the whole notion of Kittle and Pitts on the field at the same time with Mostert in that running game and Bosa and everybody coming back, they just feel like they could win it next year. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted to mention, like I've done with you several years, just some running backs before we get to our final predictions. Um, you know, and, and they're typically for me, not the running backs that are super obvious, uh, like Najee Harris. Like, I love Harris. He's my favorite back in a long, long time in a draft. To me, he is worthy of a first-round pick and even a mid-first-round pick. If Saquon Barkley went, uh, what, two or three a uh, couple years ago, I think Harris is even is as, as, as explosive, as versatile. I love the guy. Um, I, I like ETN, too. But uh, moving further down the list, Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo – is 5'7", 180 pounds, and has as good a vision and patience and then explosion of any player you know, other than the top-tier guys. You know how I love guys that have great feel you know, in, in, in the middle of the line of scrimmage or even out in the open and can just sort of see with peripheral vision where it's coming from. This dude's got phenomenal vision. I think he's going to be a really good player, and I think that he is probably round, th- you know, round three or four. Um, there's a little bit of, of some – uh, uh, Alvin Kamara in him, um, but he's even a better runner. Um, Jamar Jefferson, who Steve mentioned on the show yesterday, and I agreed with from Oregon State, another guy, phenomenal vision and patience. He's bigger. He's a 200-pounder. I think he's going to be a really good NFL back. Puka Williams Jr. from Kansas. Um, Kansas has really sucked. Um, they're one of the worst teams, even with less miles. But this dude, even against some good teams, you know, you watch him and he is explosive in like short spaces, Cooley. Like he's got a little bit of Le'Veon Bell and then boom. Now he's not big like Bell. You know, he's got a much smaller frame. But Puka Williams Jr. from Kansas, I think, has a chance to be a good back. I really like Jake Funk. I've mentioned him before from Maryland. I think Jake Funk's going to be on an NFL roster, and I don't know if he'll get drafted if he'll get drafted or not. But this guy is a guy who was, you know, a, a, an incredible high school football player, you know, at Damascus in Montgomery County, and just constantly was injured, you know, at Maryland, and had great guys in front of him like McFarland, you know, last year, and Ty Johnson the year before, um, et cetera. But um, Javon Leaks. Uh, but I think Jake Funk is big, strong, incredible vision, runs people over, has underrated speed. I think he ran a four four five um in on on the pro day. Um, I think he is going to be in the NFL uh, as a back. So there you go. All right, uh, we'll finish up the show. What do you want him to do, and what do you think they'll do? Do you want me to go first or you want or do you want to go first? I want him to trade up and get a quarterback. And I think they will trade up and get a quarterback. And... I just, I, 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 and I don't know who's going to be available, but I think at eight and nine, both 
Fields and Lance will be available. So I think you have a chance at eight and nine to trade up and get either one of the two of those. Um, the, the thing is, is if like you, if eight Fields goes or Lance goes, does that devalue the other one a little bit, or does that add extra value to the other one a little bit? It's like if Lance goes early and Fields is the only one sitting there, and, and he were to just maybe get past Denver. Like, let's just say you didn't love Fields or you didn't love Lance, and somehow one of them got well, then, past. Well, Denver, then don't then don't pick them. Then you could take. Then you could try to move. No, into don't pick 14. them. You have to love them. You have to have a real belief as an organization. You have to have a real belief to move up ten spots. You have to have a belief to take him at nineteen. Yeah, I mean, you have to not think he can play to take him to not take him at nineteen. They can all play. Like they're, they're going to have a belief in all these guys. All these guys can play. You, you take anyone at nineteen. If there's one of them available at nineteen, you, you're taking them. Unless there's something that nobody's talking about with any of these guys. You know, the all five of these guys, somebody was making the point to, to me, it may have been Kime this morning. I forget who it was. Somebody made the point that basically these five quarterbacks, almost all of them would have been in some of these drafts recently ahead of most of the other quarterbacks. Not last year, not Burrow. You know, you know, Burroughs, I think, would it be. Look, Trevor Lawrence would have been number one last year, even though I don't know if I would have. Over Burrow? Yes. No, he wouldn't have. I think he would have. I don't. I I would have disagreed with it, and and you would have and disagreed. And we can play with that, it. but but um, I, I, he certainly would have been ahead of Tunga Vailoa. He certainly would have certainly. been ahead of Herbert. And I'm not so sure that that Wilson and Mac Jones wouldn't be ahead of of Tua and Herbert as, as well. Like this this is a draft with with quarterbacks that really people are excited about. You know, it's the 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 last draft that saw five in the first round was the 2018 draft. Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson. Jackson was the surprise, not to you. Um, uh, Allen was a nobody was thrilled about that pick, and 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 um and Rosen had a lot of question marks on him. People loved Mayfield and they loved Darnold in that draft. Anyway, I I don't even know where I'm going with this. Um, But uh, I I want I want him to move. Up, I think, and I, that's the thing that I think that will happen in this draft. Here's the other thing that I want to have happen tonight. I want with eight new general managers in this league, <laughs> and all of the quarterback chaos. I want like ten trades in the first round. I would love to see chaos happen and just enjoy watching just insanity tonight on the television. I want to be entertained by the draft. By the way, 19... This, this draft is like... I, I mean, you turn on any... The, more than ever, the draft has just, just become bigger than... Bigger than a playoff game. And the, the hype for this event, for this first day, is astronomical. And the amount of time spent on this? My God. So, <clears throat> I want it to be fun, not ho-hum. And I think it will be. I think tonight, you'll have chaos across the draft 
Uh, it's the number one non-game sporting event um, by far. Number two would probably be the NCAA tournament selection show. Um, but this is the biggest non-game sporting event, and it's much bigger than a lot of games and a lot of sports. Uh, it's massive, and there's a lot of intrigue with this one too. I agree with you, and it would be cool to see a bunch of chaos. I want to mention to you a couple of things. Number one, I am not you know, sitting there going, you know, we like him. We don't love him. If he falls to us, we'll take him. I'm I'm either in love with him as an organization, and I'm gonna and I'm going for it, or I'm taking a player that I that I have highly rated and higher rated than the quarterback that I feel better about. Number two is to go from 19 to eight. Let's just say on the draft chart value thing, which I don't think will apply tonight because I think there could be a lot of competition. Um, it's essentially equivalent to like a, uh, an early second-round pick. Washington's got a mid-second-round pick. So to move up from 19 to 8, 11 spots, it's going to cost them probably – Next year's first. Maybe next year's first. It will. Or, or se- a second, one of your two-thirds this year – and next year's draft apparently is loaded because of so many players going back to school this year after the weird year. And so maybe they have to give up, you know, a third rounder next year as well. It's not going to be, my point is, it's not going to be a draft value chart trade. It's going to be more. It's going to cost you more. It's a, it's next year's first plus. Um, anyway. Uh, what? So you've told me what you want to happen. What do you think will happen? They trade up to eight and take one of the quarterbacks. Okay, I, I'm all in on a trade up for Justin Fields. I've already said that I think if they do trade up, that's the guy they want. Um, I don't think it'll happen though. Uh, I would love it to happen. There are several things I'd love to see him do. I'd really love to see Micah Parsons. Um, in, a, in a Washington uniform, if if all things checked out, um, I you know I, I think Elijah Vera Tucker would be phenomenal to add to this team, but I just don't think he's going to be there. Um, it would be phenomenal if like Devonte Smith fell to nineteen. That would be you know as much as anything, and I can't imagine it would happen. Um, but you're adding now a major weapon f- for whomever the quarterback is. It's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you've upgraded your offense significantly. Um, I guess what I want to see is I want to know that they're in love with Justin Fields. I think they really like him a lot, and that they're able to deal for him without giving up, you know, a, a whole hell of a lot. But it, but really, it doesn't matter to me because if they're convinced that he's the right guy, go get him. What I think will happen is I think all of the offensive linemen that they really like, Elijah Vera Tucker in particular, um, maybe Darisaw, are more likely than not gone. And I think Owuso Koromoa would be the pick at 19 if the Raiders don't take him. Um, uh, and so I'm going to predict Owuso Koromoa to Washington at 19. Um, that's... By the way, I wouldn't also mind a trade back picking up Morig if he were still, you know, there. Let's just say the Jets or the Bills or somebody want a running back, and they, because by the way, the running back could be the the the, the goal. You know, uh, you know, if Buffalo or even the Jets want a running back at nineteen, um, and if you were able to move back to get like a, a more 
and also a Newsom, something like that. Um, yeah. You're not trading back for Morgan. If you like Morgan, he's there at 19. You, you got to take him at 19. All right. Are we done? You did well. You did really well. We did. The dog did well. I'm happy about that. Uh, we will be here tomorrow to recap what happens tonight. Uh, enjoy the draft. You do the same. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.